right, we're going to get started. Leviticus, thank you to my Sunday school class who cooked. They were very clever as we're talking about clean food and unclean food. You ate shrimp, which is unclean, and pork, which is unclean. But they were very cute. Made me laugh. The shrimp was the best part, though, just because there it was. Uh, hey, uh, John, didn't you already have dessert? Oh, yeah, Playhouse for the Boys. Yeah. That's clean and unclean. Um, we're, we're moving into Leviticus chapter 11, verses, I mean, chapter 11 through 15. We're going to do this different. Um, I know some of you will be highly disappointed because we're not going to go verse by verse um, because it's really weird stuff. But it's good stuff, and I don't want to weird you out too much. So we're just going to, we're just going to go, and um, I'm going to ask Dr. Zai if he will open us with prayer. Oh, he's chewing. That was just absolutely perfect. <laughs> you talking to me? Uh, you talking to me? <laughs> Amen. Okay, so a few years ago, there was this wonderful short story that was published in a, in a magazine and also in a, in a book of short stories called The Gilgal of Park Avenue. And it's about this guy, Charles Luger, who's a middle-aged businessman, and he was in a cab, and this, through a series of events, he realized that he was Jewish. And he was very excited about finding God and, and understanding that he where he comes from, that he's Jewish, and he talked to the cab driver about it, and the cab driver was indifferent, as you can imagine. Well, he goes home, because he was excited about sharing this with his wife. So he goes home, and he kind of figures out how he's going to do so, and he's going to tell her, and until he could get the courage to tell her, he begins practicing the law in private, without her ever knowing. And finally, um, one night, um, she, he, he decides, this is the night I need to tell her. So they're at dinner, candlelight dinner. He makes a romantic candlelight dinner. And he says to her, honey, Sue, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. And Sue looked at him and said, is there a punchline? <laughs> or am I supposed to supply that? Uh, Charles tried to explain that there was no joke, um, and she did not respond. This was her response. What you're really trying to tell me is, quote, honey, I'm having a nervous breakdown, end quote. I've been waiting for your midlife crisis, but I, I expected something I could handle, a small test, an imposition, something to rise above and prove my love for you. Why couldn't you have turned into a, a liberal Democrat? Why couldn't you have slept with your secretary? Any of those, and I would have been fine. <laughs> Charles tried to reassure her, Honey, this should make you happy, for I have found God. And that didn't go over well with his wife. She said, Exactly the problem. You didn't find our God. I'd been good about it if you found our God, or even a less demanding one, a deity that's less queer. Today, the cheese is gone. You threw out all the cheese. How could God hate cheese? 
that, <laughs> that is the understanding of the God of the Leviticus. Um, it's a great little short story. I, I read it, and I, I found it somewhere in this book, and then I had to read it. And it's just a scream about, it's almost as good as um, the book about living the year biblically. Um, but it's really funny. And, but that's the idea of the God we get when we look at Leviticus. This God who is strict, this God who has all these weird laws, these gods who, it's just, mm. So we're going to start tonight talking about purity, talking about holiness, and we're going to talk about these strange laws that are in Leviticus 11 through 15, and they're bizarre, and I will give you that. But we're going to look at um, why God gave, maybe why God gave the law, and we'll, we'll be able to work through some of it. But first, we're going to have a test to see who is, ritually, who is clean and who is unclean. Okay? And what I'll do, I'll give you a break. If you can decide before dinner tonight, because you're just all unclean because you ate pork and shrimp, Okay, so we'll just take it for the day, which would be yesterday's sundown to today's sundown. All right, forget dinner tonight. We'll give you a free pass. Okay, so let's see who's clean and who's unclean based on the Jewish law found in Leviticus. The first one, if in the last day hours you've eaten pork, ham, bacon, or any kind of meat that comes from pigs, you're unclean. If you ate rabbit, kangaroo, seafood, other than fish, uh, you're unclean. If you ate rodents, lizards, birds of prey, and insects that can't hop, you're unclean. Anyone do any of that prior to coming to dinner tonight? Okay, unclean. So far, you guys are bad. Okay, <laughs> second, you're unclean for a day if you eat any meat that was combined with dairy products. Okay, so if you had pepperoni pizza... You're unclean. If you had a cheeseburger, you're unclean. If you had chicken cordon blue, you're unclean. Anybody? Right? We're still good? Okay. By the way, that's out of um, Deuteronomy. I skipped. I, I got us out of Leviticus just because the thought of how bad, I mean, I'm just unclean because I eat pizza way too much. I don't eat cheeseburgers much. I like the hamburger. I don't need cheese on it. If it's a good burger, you don't need a bunch of junk on it. It's like you don't need A1 sauce on a good steak. Unless you're Donald Trump, then you burn it and put ketchup on it. But that's a whole other story. Um, so did anyone touch a dead animal today? If you did, you're unclean. If you're a priest, you're unclean for a week. A week. Dead animal. Next, have you, and this is personal, so you don't have to answer with public hands here. But if you, have you checked your shower? If there's mold or mildew in your shower at all, you're unclean. And you ha your house is all unclean until you clean the mildew and mold. And then a priest has to come and declare it clean. And I charge $150 to declare houses clean. So anyone, don't show hands on, on that. Um, skin diseases. I'm assuming none of us have leprosy. Okay. However, there are other skin diseases that make you unclean. If you have acne, you're unclean. If you have a wart, you're unclean. There's, if, there, this is out of Leviticus 13. All right, now we're going to lose our PG rating. Any children here? No. Okay, good. Um, it's in the Bible. 
I'm only telling you what's in the Bible. If you've given birth to a boy in the last 40 days, you're unclean. If you've given birth to a girl in the last 40 days, if it's a girl, you're unclean for 80 days. So if you gave birth to a boy, 40 days to be clean, 80 days if it's a girl. Don't ask me why. It's just one of those weird things, but it's funny. Um, if, if you have your menstrual cycle, you're unclean. If you read the book, um, Living the Year Biblically, um, the little part about he's, he's married, and a little part about him, have, he touched, and you got to read it. <laughs> His wife got really mad at him over this. Um, gentlemen, if you've omitted any bodily fluids in the last day, you're unclean. And if you had sex, you're unclean for the day. So, is anyone in here clean based on Leviticus? So every one of us, unclean. Now, here's the thing about Leviticus. Um, it's not that it's a sin. Being unclean is not a sin. Being unclean simply kept you from going into the temple. That's all it was. It is not, you are not evil if you're unclean. There are some things you cannot control that will make you unclean. The Jews took it serious because it did keep them from worship. They were not allowed to go in and worship if they were unclean. And they had guards at the door of the temple and the synagogues to make sure that you were clean because it was all these small villages. They would know. Remember um, the story of, um, in Luke, the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years? Remember that? She was unclean. She was not allowed into the temple, a synagogue, in any way, shape, or form to worship. Now, what Luke did so cleverly in that story, right? Where was, does anybody remember where Jesus was going when the woman stopped him? He was going to go heal the daughter of Jairus, right? And what was Jairus? He was the temple guard. He was the one in that community that stood at the door and told people whether they were clean or unclean and allowed to walk in. So he is with, I mean, get the picture that Luke paints here. It's just really, it's clever. He is with Jesus and the woman who for 12 years, he's told you can't come in, now stops Jesus and his daughter dies. I mean, it is just a drama beyond belief that most of you missed because you didn't put the connection. And it just makes that story, it makes, it makes it even like the best. I mean, right? Because it is so ironic that Jesus is going to heal the daughter of a guy who was keeping a woman from going into the temple because of a Jewish law that Jesus came not to abolish, but to fulfill, but to change as well. So I always think it's clever. That's just me. You know how my mind works. I've been around you long enough. Um, so, it is not a simple thing for married people to have sex. It's not a simple thing to bury a dead animal. You can't help getting sick, a skin disease. You just can't help it. If you're a woman and you're pregnant and you have a kid, that's not, you can't help that. It's just part of what, what happens. 
Um, there are avoidable things like food laws. You probably shouldn't have eaten the shrimp when you came in. Um, but if you live in Beaumont or southern Louisiana, you have to eat crawfish or else you're considered demon and evil and they have, they have these curses on you. Um, so, but it is unclean. It is kosher. There's kosher food. Kosher means fit or proper. If you ever want to know whether something's kosher that you buy in a store, if it has a K with a circle around it, it's kosher. And the way it becomes kosher is a rabbi does the kosher blessing at the plant where it is produced. The Frito-Lay plant in Atlanta is kosher because Atlanta has one of the highest Orthodox Jews population in the country. You didn't know that, did you? Look at what you're learning tonight, this important stuff. Slow circle K means that the plant has been blessed by a rabbi and it's fit and it's proper. And if you've, yes, ma'am. So, is it halal? Is it kosher? I, I would guess it is. I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. So, you can't eat pork rind. Yeah, well, probably, because if they're kosher, if they circle K, they can eat them. And then you can't eat, if you're Jewish, just so you know, this is, I found this out from my rabbi. We, he's a big Braves fan, and when he came in for treatment, we took him to a Braves game against the Astros a couple of years ago. And it was, it, I felt horrible, I didn't know. It was that, it was, it was, it was during the 10 days of awe right, that we talked about Sunday, and they can't eat peanuts. I know, and I didn't know, so I go to a baseball game, I buy beer, peanuts, and hot dogs, no matter what. So I knew the hot dog would bother Alvin, but I offered him a peanut, and hey, Alvin, what a peanut, and he just thought, oh, really? Thank you, and had to go buy him Cracker Jacks. Yeah, but you cannot eat that peanut, and you're okay. But yeah, during, during the 10 days of awe, you cannot eat peanuts. I don't know. It's just one of the laws. He tried to explain it to me, and I told him, look, the game's on. We have to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're at a game. I'm sorry. We got good tickets. Yeah. You can't mix the two. You can't. It's in Leviticus. By the way, by the way, and I think next week, you're, if you're wearing mixed clothing, cotton polyester, you're, 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 you're doomed. No, I, no we, we don't watch stuff like that. We watch really trashy stuff. We watch... 
but the book is hilarious. I don't know about the show. The book is a scream, and, and, he, and he has to clean his clothes closet out, right? And, and start checking your clothes. Most things are not one fiber, you know? And, and he had to go out. He just, it, it drove him crazy. Also drove his wife crazy. Because if she was wearing mixed clothes, she was unclean, so he couldn't touch her. Then he had a whole ordeal about the sheets. Just saying. Just read the book. And I'm not even talking Leviticus. Read the other book. The year living. Was it funny? Okay. We may have to watch it. Yeah. What night is it on? Oh, well, no, I'm up here till like God knows when. And then Jill and I eat out because we're both so frustrated and we just go out and eat, eat unkosher food. And then I have to watch it. You know how many shows I have on DVR right now? <laughs> what are you trying to do, add more stress to my life? <laughs> we're, we're in the middle. We're, we're, we're still catching up on This Is Us. But we didn't, we're, we're way behind because I didn't want to cry. So we switched over to um, Bosch because it's totally brainless, fun action. And then, what are, and then Homeland, of course, because we're Homeland freaks. So. No, we'll watch. I'll, I'll watch. Well, the book is a hoot. And, and, do you, and I, I wanted to order you it on audio, but I don't know what you listen to. Like, do you want the CD? Oh, you already did it? Okay, because I'll just buy it for you on Amazon if you want. Man, I told you I'd get you one. Okay. But I do recommend reading the book because it will make you laugh at Leviticus. And for those of you who weren't here last week, there's a book by A.J. Jacobs. He wrote a book called The Year of Living um, Biblically. And he tried to follow every... <laughs> and he worked hard for one year to follow every law in Hebrew Scripture. And he started... He added, like September is when he started, and he kept adding. He didn't shave. He wore the prayer, the prayer box, and it's just a scream. Um, if you ever go to Atlanta, you'll see the Orthodox Jews everywhere. Um, Atlanta and New York, I don't see any in Houston. I can't figure that one out. Meyerland. But no, are they Orthodox? or Okay, because I haven't seen them. Cause I'll 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 hit the I'll hit the synagogue sometimes. Okay, I do the I do the Bel Air one because they got the greatest gift shop there is, and there's this one thing I'm going to steal from the synagogue. I think that's legal, Philip. Right? Can I steal from the synagogue? He's a police officer, and he was telling us in Sunday school what laws we can break and not get arrested. And, um, but they have this on the wall, and I haven't figured out how to get it yet. Not that I... It's there. It's this beautiful glass piece, and etched in it in Hebrew is my benediction. And I want it so bad. I mean, I just want to go... And I joked with the rabbi, so, so do you think anyone would notice if one night that was gone? <laughs> and he, he laughed. And, but it's in Hebrew, and it is gorgeous. And I wish I could speak Hebrew. How would he know? 
because it says numbers on the bottom in English. Bethel. You know what Bethel means? Bet is house. El is God, house of God. Bet is always house. They're in they're total. They got the curls? Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, hey, I had the utmost respect for Orthodox Jews because I'm I'm I'd be too lazy and too tired to live that way. It's confusing. Okay, moving on. So the big thing I want to talk to you about tonight is not going through all the laws. I mean, we can, and it's a scream. And there's some you can, I can, you can figure out. There's some we can't. Um, there's some that are very much just something must have been going on that we don't know about. But what I wanted to do is, because the thing that, this is one of the things, these four chapters, five chapters, is what trips people up a lot in Leviticus. Um, because they think, I don't know why, I think it's fascinating. Um, it's, I've got some questions for God concerning Leviticus and some of the laws. But what I've always struggled with and what, what I wanted to find out is, is why. Why was God so, um, and I don't want to use the word obsessed, but I'll use it, so obsessed with, um, with, the laws, these laws of cleanliness and unclean. So I've, I've, over the years, I've done a lot of research on this because I, I just think this is important to understand. And what I've gathered is about six different reasons. And we're going to go each one, and that'll be our class. And we'll ask, if anybody has questions, just ask away, and we're good. And I don't have all the answers. Um, I, I bounce these six off my rabbi. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jill... Jill's a, a PA for leukemia outpatient, and one of our favorite patients of hers is a retired rabbi from Atlanta. And his only flaw is he's a big Braves fan. And, I mean, he's like as baseball freak as I am. And, um, by the way, his congregation worked it so he could throw the first pitch out at Atlanta Braves. <laughs> I'm just saying. No I'm, just, I'm just saying, no pressure. I threw it out of the Skeeters game. It's not nearly the same. My, my other church got that one hooked up. And uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not the same. So, but anyhow, um, I bounced these six that I finally came up with. And he thinks they're a pretty good list. Um, he didn't even add one, but he's going to think about if he can add some. He is my Hebrew person. He is who I call um, when I don't know. And what he'll do is he'll pronounce things for me. He'll record it and email it to me so I can listen to it again and again so I don't screw it up too bad on Sunday morning. And um, so he's been my go-to guy for each one of these sermons. Um, and he's going to watch Sunday because he's so excited about it because he's never heard that angle on this one. So now I'm nervous. Um, so the first thing I think is, because I think if we look at why, we may begin to get an understanding a little bit about God. And maybe we'll look at these a little differently. Um, for, is, is simply because of the sovereignty of God. Uh, that's the simplest explanation, I think. God is God. God can do what God wants to do because that's God, right? Um, those of you who were raised by a, a dad or a mom who used to say this re- thing to you, right? I don't know about yours. I'm just talking about my mom. This was constant out of her mouth. 
Marty, you can't do that. Why, Mom? Because I'm Mom and I said so, right? Okay, then the ruler or the wooden spoon comes out. Um, but God has a right to tell us to do whatever he wants, what we can and cannot do, because after all, he created us, and he doesn't really need to explain to us why. This is one of the things I think is why. Um, and I've begun to think maybe they're just really arbitrary because God just wanted to see how faithful his people will be. So I'm just going to make up a bunch of weird rules, and you're going to follow them. I mean, right? And, and I mean, it, it, it's like those of you who are in the military, you had to dress a certain way. You had to have your hair cut a certain way, right? Pointless other than obedience. If you play for the New York Yankees, you can't have any facial hair. I mean, that's the rule. It does make no sense, but you don't argue. Um, it's like the Garden of Eden. There's, you can do anything you want, but you can't eat the tree in the middle. You just can't do that. So I think sometimes it's just it's a test. Are we going to be obedient? Are we not? I think that's one. And other times we can see that God has a good reason for his rules, like a parent. Um, it wasn't until I became a parent that I understood some of the things I thought were good rules really weren't to protect me. For the longest time, I really did believe that if you ate and then swam an hour later, you would drown and die. And I finally realized my mom just wanted an hour of not having to watch us in the pool. Right? I mean, because I've, I've done it. I have purposely eaten and swam, and I have not died. So, so I think there's some rules that, that, we, that, that God gives us that make sense. And there's some don't, but it doesn't matter because God is God. I think that's one of the reasons for the rules. And I don't think there's only one. I think there's a combo of all these six, but I think that's one. Second one, I think just good hygiene and good health. I think God gave these rules, 11 through 15, for good hygiene and good health. Um, the laws, some of them were designed to protect God's people from disease. And like, for example... If, if, if you had leprosy or sexually transmitted disease, you were quarantined outside the, the community until you'd be diagnosed and treated by a priest. That's just good. In those days when there wasn't good medical science, it was, boom, you're contagious, don't get near people. It, it made perfect sense. Avoiding dead animals was a smart decision because dead animals often carry bad things and if you if if Denise went and started playing with the dead animal and got germs on her, and then she went and she hugged you know uh, Brenda and then Brenda would have it then Brenda would hug Bob and Bob would have it and Bob would shake hands with Martha and Martha would have it and we have this epidemic of dead things because Denise had to play with the dead animal and you said no unclean it's unclean um, I want to go to the temple. Um, now, so, so I think some of that, and there's some of the unclean animals were known to have tapeworm and other diseases. And, and the people wouldn't have known that because it wasn't the medical science available. So some of them really were that. Others, um, for example, you couldn't eat a camel back in the day. You can eat camel now. It's a delicacy in the uh, Middle East. Not that I want to eat a camel, um, but 
it's, 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 some of them were about health. Um, some of them were about hygiene. The problem is we want one answer. We want one factor why. And so we want to separate the secular from the spiritual. And we say, well, secular and then spiritual over here. Um, but in the Old Testament, when you read Leviticus, they're all intertwined. You can't separate secular and spiritual. They're intertwined. Um, so some of, the, some of the laws will have to do with public health and hygiene. Some of the laws will have to do with just because it's God. Um, one of the questions I, one of the things I can't stand, and this is one of my own little hang-ups, and I've got a lot, and I tell most of them to you, is I don't like when someone asks, how's my spiritual life going, right? Because if they, when they ask me about my spiritual life, it seems like they're making a differential between my spiritual life and somehow my regular life, right? I have friends who say, well, I only listen to Christian music. Well, how do you define, isn't all music I mean, the Bible doesn't talk about Christian music and non-Christian. It's just music that God offers. And um, I had a worship leader at one of my churches refuse to do secular music because it was secular. And I was like, but why? Isn't, it, isn't everything basically spiritual? I mean, don't we, shouldn't we look at life as everything spiritual? And we make these divisions don't ask me how my spiritual life is. Ask me how my life is because I can't define here's my spiritual life and here's my non-spiritual life, whatever that means. And I think sometimes we do that with these laws and, and we miss the point that everything we do, home, work, social, church, all of our life is, is God. And God, everything we do is spiritual. I'm going to write a sermon one day that simply that's going to be the title, Everything is Spiritual. I don't, it'd be really long um, because it'd have to be because everything is spiritual. And, and I don't know what I want to do with it, but I keep always going back to that. So that's on my notes for a future day. So some laws are God's sovereignty. Some are hygiene and health. Um, questions on those? You can ask. You can talk. It's okay. I think it's five after seven. We're going to be early. Um, Here's one I really like, and, and this was what I, one I always used to think was the reason, and I realized I was wrong. It's not just a reason. It's one of many. Um, it was to separate from pagan, from pagan rituals and other pagan religions. Um, remember, God separated Israel, and he did so so that people would know God, Yahweh, through them. That's what he said. I am making you a blessing. I, I want you to be a blessing to others. I want you to tell people about me. And so um, my, my thing always has been, when I first started this whole study, was that, well, obviously the laws are so that Israel will be here and the rest of the world would be here and there'd be something different about them. Um, and while part of that's true, that's not the only reason, but it's really huge because there were a lot of things that were going on in the pagan religions around Israel, around the people, um, when they worshipped other gods. Um, there were, that's why some animals are unclean. Some of the animals are unclean 
um, because they were used in pagan sacrifice. And so God said, I don't want you jacking with those animals. I, I just leave those animals alone because those are for the pagan, those are part of pagan rituals, and I don't want people to get confused. Okay? I mean, so, so some of it is, is, is that, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't explain all the purity laws. For example, last week we talked about um, that a bull was used for one of the offerings. Remember, for, um, um, for the atonement, if you, were, if you had money, you had to, to be atoned, you had to sacrifice a bull. Bulls were also used in pagan worship. Remember the story of Elijah? Elijah was arguing with the prophets of Baal, and, 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 and they took a bull, and the, and the bet was who can set that on fire, right? And who, which God, Baal, or my God? You, you know the story, right? And Because and, it's like the great story in Hebrew Scripture. And, and Elijah, they flip a coin, and the Baal prophets go first, and they're just praying to Baal to light this bull on fire, right? And nothing happens, and, and, this, and, and Elijah starts making fun of them. Says, maybe your God, this is, he, this is true, if you want. Now, if you have the wrong Bible, they don't translate it correctly. Get the NRSV, they translate it correctly. One thing Elijah says, hey, you may want to yell louder. Maybe your God is hard of hearing, right? Or maybe he's on vacation, but my favorite is when Elijah says, maybe he's using the toilet. It's in there. I don't make that. I know people accuse me of making stuff up. I'm not that clever, um, right? And so, so then, uh, so nothing happens. And finally, the Baal guys got Elijah says, "You guys finished? Yes, we give up." So then, Elijah comes and he throws a bunch of water on, you know, like so much water that there's this like river around the altar and things just drenched. And and all Elijah does, according to scripture, he steps back and. This is my translation. This is not official Hebrew. And he just sings, come on, baby, light my fire. And, and it just torches up, right? Then, then the best part of the story, he kills all the Baal prophets. And then he runs away because he's a wimp. And he goes, hides in the cave. And it's a great story. But bulls were used for pagan ritual, but also God allowed them to be used for, for his ritual. So I don't know why that is the way it is, but that is part of it. The laws about sexual behavior, you know why they're in there? I mean, truthfully, um, you, okay, if you have sexual intercourse, you're unclean for the day. And you, some people, bless you, some people think that Leviticus thinks sex is dirty. That's not the way it is. I mean, you read Song of Solomon, which probably none of you have read, but you read Song of Solomon, and it is the most beautiful um, song about sex ever written. I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and Leviticus doesn't want to contradict that. The reason why you were ceremonially unclean for a day, only a day, was because um, you, they, you couldn't enter into God's presence. And the reason why is because what was going on in the pagan ritual around, there were temple prostitutes. And the way you worship God in those pagan rituals and pagan temples were to have sex with the temple prostitutes. And so God said, no. So if you have sex 
One day you can't come to the temple. You're unclean for a day. Sundown to sunrise, sundown to sundown, you're unclean. And it was because of what was going on in the pagan world around it. Um, there was a goddess, um, Asherir, who was associated with female reproductive system. So um, childbirth and, and, and the menstrual cycle were spiritual experiences to that goddess. So God said, no, for one, you're unclean. Not because being unclean was a sin. It just kept you from going to the temple during the period that you were unclean. So God, because God wanted to, to keep the Israelites, we didn't want any association between sex and worship. So that the Israelites would not be seduced by pagan gods and their practices. That's why. It's not because sex was dirty. It's not because having a period was dirty. Not because childbirth was dirty. It's because of what was going on in the pagan world around. And God said, I don't want you messing with that. I, I don't want you even coming close to that. So, for a day, or for 40 days, or whatever it was, you cannot come in to worship me. That's it. Questions? Yeah, this is easy. I could have just gone through it. Um, next one. Um, and this is important for my understanding of holy. Remember we talked, was it in a sermon? Or was it last week? I don't remember. Holy is, all, it was in a sermon because I had someone get really um, put out with it um, because I messed up their definition of Holy. Holy is often translated, um, and I think wrongly, to mean set apart. I mean, it's fine if that's how you want to translate it. I'm fine with that. I, I think that doesn't take them the full extent of what it means to be holy. Holy, a better, I think, a, I think a better understanding of the Hebrew word for holy is to be filled of righteousness, to be fulfilled, to be whole, W-H-O-L-E. Um, and so I think part of the reason for the laws is because God is God associated himself with life and with wholeness and not death and incompleteness. That's the part of being holy. Being totally fulfilled and righteous with God. And so some of these laws were um, some of them were reflecting the very character of God. God is a God of life, not of death. God is a God of wholeness, not of brokenness. He's a God of order, not disorder. And so some of the laws were to get people thinking about that wholeness um, rather than the other part. Um, not touching dead bodies was because God is a God of life, not the God of death. Um, most unclean animals are somehow associated with death. Predators and scavengers were unclean. Why? Because they were about death. Um, living, and they also, many of them, not all of them, lived in tomb-like caves, um, which is, was a symbol of, of, of death. Pigs, the reason why they're unclean is, I mean, you know, I, I love bacon. Like when I go to Katz's, I don't get bacon because I don't like beef bacon. Beef bacon and turkey bacon is not bacon. If it does not come from a pig, it is not bacon. 
It's something foreign. But pigs were scavengers, but in the pagan religions around them, they were associated with worship of God of the underworld. And so God said, no, don't mess with those. Okay? The reason why blood and um, semen are unclean is because both are, a, are a, um, both are bodily discharges that are symbolic of the loss of life. Skin diseases and mildew are about disease and decay. So you have, so, you, so what God says is, I want you to experience life. So if it has anything to do with death, it's unclean. If it has to do with life, it's clean. If it has to do with brokenness, it's unclean. If it has to do with wholeness, it's clean. So disease, decay, blood, dead bodies, scavengers are all dealing with death. Okay? Then you had, under the same thing, you had this set of laws that were all about wholeness and order. Um, things that, that depart from the normal order are deemed unclean. A disease is abnormal, therefore unclean. A discharge of fluids is outside the body is abnormal, unclean. Mold in your household ought to be unnormal, abnormal. I haven't been to all your homes. Maybe it's normal in your home. I don't know. But it ought to be abnormal and therefore is unclean. Um, a sea creature that swims abnormally like a shrimp wiggling rather than swimming with fins is unclean. It's not the norm. It is the exception to the norm. An insect that crawls abnormally is unclean. If it doesn't seem natural from the order of the way things are, it is unclean in Leviticus. Because God is a God of order, wholeness, and if it's not, and it's unclean. And that's why a lot of the uncleanliness, a lot of the, you were declared unclean for a lot of those things for seven days or 40 days. You can figure out why. Because those numbers symbolize completeness. Seven and 40 in the Bible is completeness. It's not literal Forty. It did not rain in Noah for 40 days, 40 nights. Sorry, hate to bust your bubble. It, 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 Jesus might not have been in the wilderness for 40 days, just saying. It's a, it's, a, it's a completeness. It's a wholeness. It's like seven is a wholeness. When, when Jesus says forgive seven times 70, right? Not 490. Completely. Wholly forgive. So you, you got to understand numbers in the Bible. Right? And everybody knows what three is? Third day. Day after tomorrow. Day God always shows up on the third day. Right? You knew that, right? What part? Which one? Whenever you see the third day in the Bible, it's a clue. It's a hint. It means God's going to show up. If 
When you're reading the Bible, Old Testament or New, if there's ever mentioned, in, in the Hebrew would never say third day for the record. That's English. <laughs> Hebrew is always the day after tomorrow. This is one day, tomorrow's day, then day after tomorrow. Is a hint to the Hebrew reader, ah, God's going to show up. Always. Anywhere in Scripture. Third day, day after tomorrow. Jesus was resurrected on which day? The day after tomorrow. Okay? Which day in Scripture is only, the only day mentioned twice? Go ahead, say Tuesday. The third day. In the Orthodox Jew, what day do people get married? The third day, Tuesday. In the old Orthodox Church. On Tuesday. It's a, it's a complete day. See, look what you learned. Not even part of the notes. Day after tomorrow. There's a great movie. Okay, it wasn't that great. It was fun. There's a movie called Day After Tomorrow, right? You see it? It's got um, the guy from October Sky. What's his name? Who? Yeah, but that's not the guy from October Sky. The kid. You know, he was in Brokeback Mountain and... Yeah, that's it. It's got him. Jake is like, you know, and, and this meteorology, it's like this whole thing, and ice storm comes like never before, blah, 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 blah. But the story is called The Day After Tomorrow. Here's the reason why, whether they knew it or not, I happen to think they knew it, is because what day is he saved from the library in New York City from the storm? The day after tomorrow, the day his dad shows up. It's a very religious God moment. He walks in, Dad, it's religious. I mean, come on. Wow. I had to, Jill like looked at me. I explained it to her one day. I said, Isn't that the coolest thing? We went to go see it. I said, That's so cool. She's the day after tomorrow. I had to sit back and explain it, and she just rolled her eyes at me. It's not easy being married to me because I see things differently. Um, so, I mean, now, does that make sense? You really doesn't, does it? Okay, book of Exodus. Book of Exodus, ready? Book of Exodus. God going to show up. I mean, again and again and again, when Moses on that, no, the day after tomorrow, day after tomorrow, day after tomorrow, all over the place, all over the place. All over, I mean, constant. First John, John 2, the wedding, right? There is this like incredible image, wording that John uses about the day after tomorrow. And every, every person reading or hearing the gospel of John, when they heard that, oh, 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 something's going to happen. God's going to show up. God's going to show up. It's a hint. It's a clue. It's Morse code. It's secret code. It's Da Vinci code, whatever you want to call it. It's what it is. It's like a, just wait. God's, it was like giving the punchline early so no one had to worry. You didn't have to sweat. You knew something was going to happen. It was going to be good. It's going to work out because God's going to show up. Third day, day after tomorrow. Look at that. And it's not the third day. I, can't, I love the band Third Day, but it's a horrible name. They should call themselves the day after tomorrow. Because really, you, talk to a kid. Right, well, you know what messes kids up and because they don't think this way because they're not Hebrew-minded? We raise them to be American-minded. Is we, we talk about Jesus being raised on the third day, right? right? 
Well, in our world, Friday doesn't count. Right? So you think, well, he should be raised on Monday. No. No, you got to explain. It can mess up these kids. They don't understand it, and they, and they feel too stupid to ask. Well, I, I can't say it. I mean, I, when I teach confirmation, I always teach the third day thing because it's fun. And they go, all of a sudden, the little light bulbs go off, and these little kids say, oh, I, get, I, I see Friday's one day. We don't talk that way. Right? I mean, if I tell you three days from now, you're counting. You're not counting today. You're teaching. I, well, I don't do math. I was a liberal arts major. Day after tomorrow. Oh, okay, I get that. A Hebrew would never say third day, by the way. It just would like, you're like, what? Jesus wasn't raised on the third day. He rose on the day after tomorrow. Read anything Jews for Jesus. They will never say third day. Day after tomorrow. Not that I like Jews for Jesus. I think it's a horrible organization. I'm just saying. Well, because what they do is they basically say, if you're Jewish, you're going to hell. So you have to become Christian. Only problem is that's not what Paul said. Paul said, we're going to hell, except God said, you know what? We're going to give you a break. We're going to just graft you into the tree, adopt you into the family. But, you know, it's Paul. He was a little schizo. Um, so, but, um, God, did we get way off? I don't know where I am in my notes. Why do I even do notes? Where am I? Yeah, I, am, I can't even find it now. Is this why Jesus makes sense, abolish these laws, read this, okay, um, and if you, if you want a clue to it, if you look over in the book of Acts, remember the dream Peter had, um, there's this big argument going on among the disciples, believe it or not, they didn't get along at all, Peter did not get along with Paul, they did not like each other at all period. Peter was not thrilled when, when, when Barnabas brought Paul. Said, wait, wait a second. Okay. And they're having this big argument about whether they could keep the, had to keep the Jewish law and the food laws. It was real big because you got to remember, everybody being converted to Christianity pretty much that first century were what? Jews. The first 3,000 converted on Pentecost. It was Shabbat. The, this, it, was, um, it was a high holy day, Shabbat, which is what we're celebrating this Sunday. In church, Shabbat is our Pentecost. 50 days after Passover, our Pentecost, Shabbat, their Shabbat, which celebrates the, the giving of the Ten Commandments and the marriage between God and humanity. Um, we're focusing on the God to humanity marriage because I think it's cool. And, um, but anyhow, they're all Jews. So they were saying, there was this group, Peter being one of them, saying, no, you're Jewish. You still have to, you're Christian now, but you're still Jewish. You have to follow the laws. You still have to be circumcised. You still have to follow the laws. All of that. It's why Gentiles, sorry, it's why Gentiles didn't convert for a while. What 30-something-year-old Gentile guy is going to let himself be circumcised? Right? I mean, but that was what they were saying. And then Peter had the dream and the food being lowered in the blanket. And Peter and God said, you can eat whatever you want. And Peter said, really? I gave up bacon for all these years? and now <laughs> That's not in Greek, by the way. So... Jesus came, and because, and here's why. Here's why I think the wholeness thing works, for one of the reasons. Because when Jesus came, what did he say? I didn't come to abolish, I came to fulfill and make the law whole. And that's why the abolish the food laws no longer count. Except, 
I think if we followed the food, food laws, we'd be all a lot healthier. But I'm not going to follow them. Because <laughs> I like bacon. And I love pizza. And I don't know what, I couldn't eat meatballs. Because I put cheese in my meatballs. What would I do? Well, oh yeah, I put cream, heavy cream. My meatballs are not healthy. <laughs> They're not kosher. However, I did send them to the rabbi. He ate them. He is reformed. He can eat things. <laughs> if he wasn't reformed, he wouldn't be talking to me about Jesus. <laughs> and he wouldn't be going to Braves game having a beer with me. But he didn't have the hot dog. Very odd. Um, okay, so any questions on that? We're moving to, are we in the last one yet? Nope. Okay, we've got to move on. We went way off subject. I already want to be finished. Um, the other thing was there was this idea of separation from the Gentiles. That's like number five. That's number five. Separation from the Gentile. Um, there were th- in the Old Testament, and I say that just for you people because I, I don't like using the word Old Testament. In Hebrew Scripture, there were three groups of people. There were the priests who were their own group. There were the people of Israel who were clean. And then there were the Gentiles. Okay? Everyone else. There were three types of spaces. There was the altar in the tabernacle, which was holy. There was the land of Israel, which is clean. And there's the rest of the world, which is unclean. Remember Samaria? Remember when Jesus went um, and he was over there and he met the guy that had the legion of lepers in him, right? Remember that? He was in Samaria. He was in an unclean land. No Jew would go to that land, period. He went. Crossed over in the boat. Then he saw the pigs and they cast the demons and the first recorded thing of deviled ham. Um, I think I actually preached that sermon here, by the way, so you should, should have heard that. And then there were, so there's three types of people, there are three types of spaces, and there are three types of food. There are the clean animals you could sacrifice, the clean animals you could eat but not sacrifice, and there are the unclean animals that you couldn't eat or sacrifice. Um, And the reason why was because God did not want, at this point in Hebrew Scripture, the Gentiles who were worshiping pagan gods to come into the tabernacle. That was important, which is why. Anybody know what happened in 587 B.C.? Come on, give you a dollar. Huh? Come on, you're almost there. Thank you for playing. The, um, the Babylonians came and, and, and raided the, the temple. And, and what did they take? The Ark of the Covenant, not Noah's Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, right? And why was David a hero? He brought the Ark back. Amazing. Anyhow, so it, it is, it, it, this was holy land, holy ground. Remember, Day of Atonement, tabernacle was so holy, the Holy of Holies, that when the high priest went in, they tied a rope around his ankle in case he died so they could drag him out, right, because they couldn't go in. I mean, this was serious stuff. And so when God was setting these up, he, he was, did it not to be legalistic, not to be the God in that short story, but 
to, to teach pure and holiness and righteousness and to, and to try to teach his people a certain way to come before him, not in a casual way, but in a respectful, awful way. Awful in the positive sense, full of awe. And so that's, he wanted to separate it from the Gentiles. And that was hugely important. And it was probably one of the most important things that he did. Question so far. We're going to the last one. Somehow I lost the page, but that's okay. Um, then the final one is um, the holiness of God. And to me, that's the sixth one. And, um, and it's not about the details of the law. It's about the big picture. And the big picture is God is holy and we are not. When you look at the Leviticus laws, what God wanted us to see, I think, is he is holy and we are not. Every one of us, based on Leviticus laws, at one time or another, we're just unclean. It just is. It's unavoidable. And what, what I think God is letting people know, again, kind of, it just kind of loops back to the first one, is I am God, you are not. I am holy, you have a ways to go. But you can know me. If you want to, and you know, I don't, I want to be careful how I, how I say this, because I don't want you to mishear what I'm saying, is um, these laws were not, just like the feast, are not there to predict Jesus. The, 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 the sacrifices were not there to predict Jesus. The, the, the feast, these laws, however, what Jesus accomplished was to make God approachable. The God of Hebrew scripture was loving, was graceful, was generous, was giving, but was not approachable. Right? I mean, Moses said, show me your face. God said, not going to happen. I'll show you my rear end. Passes by. He moons Moses. Moses sees God. That's all he got. God was not, there was fire, there was smoke, there was fear. When God showed up, there was fear. Fear and trembling. Look, Exodus on the mountaintop. People were, don't, God, Moses, you go, just keep us, keep us away. God was not approachable. Reason why the people made the golden calf is because they wanted an approachable God. I mean, that's why. They wanted a God who they could approach. God who they could form in their own image. Reason why the crucifixion is so important, what happens at three o'clock on the crucifixion? The curtain splits and the Holy of Holies is now approachable. God is no longer trapped. The, the proper, the, the orthodox statement is you can now approach the Holy of Holies. God is now let loose. 
God is now out there. And, and that's, that's the crucifixion. Jesus made these laws were God saying to the people, you're just, you're just not holy. You will never be. You're always going to be part of you. is going to be unclean. But I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be there. But you can't come that close to me. And then Jesus came, ripped the curtain, and, and, and God became totally approachable. I just want to make sure you hear that the way it's supposed to be heard. Um, um, now, here's the interesting thing. Christians are wonderful at saying, well, I don't like the book of Leviticus because it's got so many things we have to, and it's so difficult. Let me tell you what, Christians who say that <laughs> never read the Sermon on the Mount. It is easier to follow the laws in Leviticus than it is to read to follow the red letters in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' problem had nothing to do with the laws of Leviticus. He had no problem keeping the Sabbath. He believed in keeping the Sabbath. He had no problem eating holy food and, and clean and unclean. He had no problem. What he had a problem with is when people put that in their heart was in the wrong place even when they were doing all the right things. So he just said, I mean, that's what the whole... That's what the whole Sermon on the Mount is, is let me line up your heart with your actions. You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Jesus said, Jesus basically, anyway, any Jew can do that. If you don't follow me, you have to take it to the next level. So for a week, see which one you can live easier. Laws of Leviticus or the Sermon on the Mount Red Letters. I got a dollar that says Leviticus is easier. And if you say Sermon on the Mount's easier, you may want to go back and read the part about, oh, I don't know, getting angry is like murdering someone already. I think Jesus said that. Having lust is like already committing adultery. Um, let's see, what else did he say in that? Hmm. Oh, yeah, walking that second mile thing. Yeah, and um, giving your coat. Um, what else did he say? Oh, yeah, being the salt of the earth. Yeah, that's a little difficult. Um, hmm, what else is in that? Hmm. Oh, here's the one that will get every one of you. Don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, did you just hit your wife? <laughs> I'm used to women elbowing their guys. <laughs> oh, that's you, Right? And because and, and what Jesus was concerned about was cleanliness on the inside. So was God, by the way. But God had to start with what he was working with. And he was working with a bunch of people who were in a society that was totally whacked. I mean, you got to remember, they were sacrificing virgins and babies. And, and Richard would, if, if I did something against Richard, let's say I, I killed one of Richard's chickens. Right? And in that day, in that day of, of when God gave these laws, Richard could just kill my kid. And God said, no, 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 no. Let's do this eye for an eye, tooth for tooth thing. So Richard, if Marty killed your chicken, then you can kill his chicken. You can't go kill his kid. 
that was the barbarous society that God was working with. So there we go. We're done. And once again, we beat Cox. Bam. <laughs> um, questions? Yes, ma'am. When the temple no longer existed. They had to make them in the temple. The temple was destroyed. Boom, gone, 70 A.D. That's when it stopped. But there's really, there's this, I can't wait. This week is the, is the my, okay, so my favorite's this week, but my next favorite is in two weeks because it talks about the, sacri- the feast that talks about sacrifice, right? It's um, Sukkot, and it's so incredibly cool because, because like Jesus is, the, the Sukkot is going on. Sukkot is also the feast where most scholars will say Jesus was born during, just so you know. It wasn't really December 25th. I know I, I blew you guys out of the water in my first two sermons here because I blew everything away about Christmas. Um, Hallmark still sends me dirty letters. But, um, but um, um, Sukkot is, this, is sacrifice. It is, part of the Sukkot ritual is you would slaughter a bull and you pour the blood down on this side, right? I mean, on this side. Well, which one? Yeah, that side. And then, and then water on this side, right? So now I want you to get the imagery for just 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 second, right? You got water flowing this way. You got blood flowing this way, right? You got candles all over the place because it's real big, but a ton of water. And what do you think happened on Sukkot in the Gospel of John, right? Get this. We have this. Blood this way, water this way. Jesus stands almost in the middle of this. And you know what he says? He says, I, I am the water. I am the living water. This stuff ain't nothing. I'm the living water. Then, picture this, picture this, picture this. Blood this way, water this way. Where do they do? They merge, right? Right? Eucharist, correct? Those of you who raised Catholic, what do you do with the Eucharist? Right? You take the wine, and what do the priests always do? Pull, pour holy water in. And that's it. You know why? Because when Jesus was crucified, what happened? Spear, blood came out, water came out. Oh, it's like, wow, John is so cool. (laughs) See, I want to have communion every week because, like, all of these are just Eucharist strong, but we're just having it this week. So, see, but this is, like, cool stuff to me. Questions? Did Did I answer your question at all? 70 A.D.? The priest. You'd be clean. Yeah, like five Hail Marys or whatever the equivalent was. To your time. To your time. You, were, you, were, you would be made ceremonially clean again. Now, if you have leprosy, you wouldn't be clean until you no longer have leprosy because and that was strictly health. I mean, really, if I had leprosy, how close would you want to get to me? There was no medical treatment for it. You know? But if if... If, if, if you had a baby and 40 days, if it was a guy, if it was a boy baby, 40 days a priest would come to your house and make you clean and make the house clean. And then you could go there and worship. Gossip, probably. Probably gossip. They knew. I mean, right? You know everybody. You know what everybody does in here. You know <laughs> I hear you talking about Martha when she's not around. Did you see what Martha did? It was mostly that. And, and they didn't give you a quiz. Like, okay, answer these questions, please, true or false. But they kept you out. And if you were Jew, 
you wouldn't want to go in anyhow because you'd be afraid you'd get smoted, smitted, smote, smite. Whatever we decided past tense of smite was. Smitten. No, can't be smitten. We already went over that. You missed that. Smat? Smat? Oh, I like that one. God's going to smat you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, the Jews, act, the, 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 the first, the Jews, and they, they believed that if you broke these, you were, you were, you were, I mean, there was a great example of it. Lot's wife turned into salt, right? I mean, uh, the poor guy who touched the, the ark, right? Boom's dead. Ark was falling into the ox stuff, and he touched it to make sure it doesn't fall, and God just said, oop, see ya, gone. I mean, they, because God was such a holy God, when you broke the law, you were in danger of getting smote, smit, smite, smat, smit, smitten. Can't be smitten, though, because I'm smitten with Jill, and I, not, she's not getting, you know, yeah, smoted, and I think someone's getting smoted when he gets home. <laughs> Any other questions? Fifteen. Yeah, those are all the dietary laws and the clean and the unclean laws. And I thought at first I was going to just read them all to you. I thought that'd be fun, and <laughs> no, I really wasn't going to ever do that. However, that would be fun. Has anybody read Leviticus now? Are they reading it for fun and? Fury. It is fun. It's fun. Just remember, Jesus memorized Leviticus when he was like six years old. Backwards. A Hebrew is backwards. (laughs) Memorized. Genesis. Exodus. Leviticus. Number. Memorized them. Hebrew. Starting at six. By the time he was nine, he had them memorized. The first five books in Hebrew. Memorized. The first book a Jewish boy, and now girl, would learn to read in Jesus' day was Leviticus. Because it was the single most important book to the Jewish faith. And people now go like, oh, Leviticus, that's just boring. Numbers is boring. Leviticus is... Numbers is, I'm a liberal arts major. I don't do numbers. I mean, I don't. I was like, okay, whatever. Can we skip up to Leviticus? I'm going to read about shrimp. <laughs> By the way, I tried to teach the Leviticus in Beaumont, and we were going great into crawfish. And then it just went downhill. <laughs> Jambalaya and crawfish was the death of me. Lost them right there. No crawfish, preacher? We're out. Um, okay, questions. Nope. Huh? Yeah, well, you're going to hell. Because you just, you just made every one of us unclean. I charge 150 bucks. It is, it is wild when you think. But there's a diet, you know, um, based on the... There's two real popular diets. One is based on the Daniel diet which I don't understand it because I've never figured that one out. I mean, it's in Scripture, but it's like whatever. And then there are diets based on um, the Old Testament laws. Huh? The Ezekiel bread. See? There you go. And it's not telling you. 
you would be healthier if you ate according to the dietary laws of, of Leviticus. You wouldn't enjoy it, but you'd be healthier. And you'd be dressed better because you wouldn't be wearing polyester. You'd be wearing all cotton. Yeah, you got a problem with that? I iron everything. Uh, it goes to the cleaners or I iron. I don't like wrinkles. But do check your sheets. I haven't found sheets yet that are pure, that are one fabric only. Of what? Yeah, but are they pure bamboo? Okay, because you can sleep on those and be clean. Are they? What did you say, Peter? That's good. <laughs> you win. That was good. Can I use that? 